This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show, whichever the case may be. For those of you who are first-time listeners, I'm your host, John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So. I deal with what is now called parenting. It used to be called nothing. There was no noun given to it 60-plus years ago, simply raising kids. The only noun in the expression was the word kids or children or youngins, depending on what part of the country you were in. And uh, I talk about all matters related to the issue of raising children. The program appears exclusively on American Family radio stations around the country at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Central, and you can do the math on the rest on Saturday afternoon. And uh, anyway, glad you joined us and hope that you enjoy the show and continue to tune in. So recent events have gradually led to the conclusion on my part that I am embroiled in what is called spiritual warfare. Now, I guess all Christians are to some degree embroiled in spiritual warfare, but my friends in the Christian community, in my church, Tabernacle, parentheses, Southern, comma, Bible-believing, comma, gospel-rooted, end of parentheses, church, Baptist church in New Bern, North Carolina, when I tell them what I'm about to tell you, tell me that uh, I'm experiencing demonic attack. Well, you be the judge, I'll report, you decide. I don't feel like I'm being attacked. The whole thing, as it has unfolded, has been extremely interesting, but perhaps I am being attacked. Um, I don't feel that way. I certainly don't feel like a victim. I, I reject uh, the label across the board as it applies or might apply to my life. I am not a victim. But anyway, this started back in... January, when I was informed by a charter school in Boston, Massachusetts, that had invited me to speak, that they were getting tremendous pushback, tremendous pushback from certain individuals in their charter school community. And by the way, the charter school in question is a charter school that is not sponsored by Hillsdale College which is the most conservative college in America, but they adhere to the guidelines set forth by Hillsdale College in the operation of their charter school. They are an extremely conservative school and uh, operate on the basis of a traditional-slash-conservative educational paradigm. And everybody who sends their children to the school is aware or ought to be aware of the fact that they are sending their children to a charter school that is ideologically or ideologically, depending on how you pronounce it, conservative. 
So I am informed by the administration of the school that they are getting tremendous pushback from a small, it's always small, group of parents who are objecting to the fact that the school is bringing in a Christian speaker. And, of course, I, I, I said to the administration of the school, well, I am a Christian speaker, but I am completely respectful of whatever environment I may be in. And uh, I am there to talk about child-rearing issues. I am not there to uh, proselytize witness for Christ from the podium, much less send out an altar call. And, of course, they understood that, and they thought the whole thing was ridiculous. And so I didn't think it was ridiculous, but uh, I certainly understand that in today's highly polarized society, uh, that uh, this kind of thing, you know, people who are secular humanists would perhaps get themselves worked up into a lather over the fact that a person who is outspokenly Christian in his faith would be coming to speak at a public school. So, I mean, a reasonable person would only ask for that to be clarified. Well, he's not coming here to talk about Jesus, is he? I mean, heaven forbid, but these people are not reasonable people. They're up in arms. They're going to create a soap opera. They're going to make a drama out of this. So anyway, that speaking engagement came and went, and I am informed by another school that this time a Jewish, I get this, conservative Orthodox school in Memphis, Tennessee, that they are getting tremendous pushback, not because I am a Christian, because that would be religious prejudice, and people who are Jews of faith are not going to object to me speaking in a Jewish school on the basis of the fact that I am a Christian. And again, I am very respectful of whatever environment I am in, so I'm not going to go there and try and persuade people of the Jewish faith to convert, come up and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, and, and the people who invited me there know that. This time, the objection is that these people unearthed online, and anybody can unearth it, an article I wrote for a magazine that is sponsored in part by Ben Carson, that is uh, an online magazine. They unearthed an article in which I basically said transgender people are confused. They are confused, and anyone, any parent who supports a child who says, I am a not the gender God assigned to me and the gender I obviously am physically, I am another gender. Any parent who supports that in a child is, is nuts. They've gone off the deep end. They don't understand what their parental responsibilities are. So anyway, these folks unearthed that article and brought it to the school and claimed that the school had invited a bigot to speak. So the school deals with that. I show up and I'm told that these people are threatening to, 
you know, march up and down on the sidewalk in front of the schools carrying signs that say John Roseman's a bigot, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it never happened, but they threatened that they were going to do that. So anyway, to make a relatively long story short, this has happened five times since January the 1st. Now, mind you, that's been three months since January the 1st. This has happened five times. Five sponsors have called me up and said, John, we're getting tremendous pushback. It has happened in Boston. It has happened in Jacksonville, Florida. It has happened in Memphis, Tennessee. It has happened in Reno, Nevada. I talked about that in last week's show, I believe. And now it has happened in Long Beach, California, where I am speaking at a Catholic school. See, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an ecumenical public speaker. I go anywhere because my ministry is to parents. And yes, my ministry, when I am in a Christian environment, is to help parents understand, Christian parents understand, that we don't need And folks, just to bring you up to speed, if you've not listened to the show before, I am a psychologist licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. I don't believe in psychology. I think it's a pseudoscience. It is an ideology. It is a worldview. And the parenting theory that informs modern parenting is based on bogus psychological theory, which is why American parents are having so many more difficulties with the raising of children than did their grandparents and great-grandparents and so on down the line who were not reading uh, psychologically-based drivel when it came to child-rearing. But anyway, my ministry in a Christian environment is to help people understand that we don't need any other book but the Bible, and, and largely the Old Testament, to help us know, to guide us properly in the raising of kids, that in the raising of children, we should trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and not depend on our own or anybody else's understanding. So, uh, most of you recognize that as Proverbs 3.5. So, anyway, I am now informed by... St. Cornelius Catholic School in Long Beach, California, where I'm speaking next week. It'll be last week when this program is heard that a parent is uh, has gone ballistic up in arms because they have read online that I, quote, believe in spankings, end quote, which, of course, I do not. And I've made that very clear in a public statement that people can access on my website at John Rosemond. That would be J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D dot com. Now, do I object to spankings? Uh, I object to most spankings because most parents don't know what they are doing when they are spanking. I do not object to spanking per se. I object to the way most American parents spank their children. I don't care whether they're Christians, non-Christians, pagans, uh, tree huggers, whatever they are. I object to the way most people spank their children. But consistent with the research, well, I, which I will share with you after the break, coming up 
I do not object to spanking per se, and no rational individual should object to spanking per se. So we're coming right up on a break. I'll be back in a minute with more on this provocative topic of whacking kids on the rear end with whatever your hand. How about that? Back in a minute. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could stay with us. And if you're just joining us, the show is called Because I Said So. And I am broadcast every Saturday afternoon, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio stations all over America. I got people listening to me even, get this, in California. Wow. In that regard, a shout out to my good friend, Catherine. I hope you're listening, Catherine. Catherine lives in Sherman Oaks, which is right outside of L.A. She is surrounded by liberal wackos. (laughs) Anyway, so I am talking on this program about the fact that in Long Beach, California, where when you are listening to the show, I have spoken last Monday, people have a particular individual, and it's always, you know, two, three, four, five people who just get completely bent out of shape because a certain group, sponsor, school, church has, rarely a church, but in this case, a Catholic school has invited someone to speak, namely me, who doesn't believe in what they believe, and so they would like to exercise their rights to suppress mine. And so St. Ignatius School in Long Beach, California calls me, the principal calls me and tells me that there is this person who's just completely up in arms because I, according to this person, believe in child abuse. And so let's talk about spanking for the, uh, for the remainder of the show. First of all, you know, I get this question. I got it from Barbara Walters on The View when I was a guest on The View, I don't know, 15 years ago was when The View had just started, and and they were looking for conservatives to embarrass on their program, and so they brought me on, and uh, before they brought me on, by the way, I met. I had the honor of meeting one of the five rudest people I have ever met in my life, rudest, egotistical most egotistical, uh, narcissistic, ungracious individual I've ever met in my life, one Michael J. Fox. And uh, yeah, you'll aren't you surprised? Aren't you just surprised that this guy, who seems like such a nice guy, no, he's not a nice guy. He thinks he's, you know, God's gift to humanity. I try to strike up a conversation with him. It's only him and me in the waiting room of The View. And do you know he would not speak to me? Hi, Michael. Did you fly in this morning? Wouldn't look at me. Would not look at me. I, I guess I don't, um, you know, at the time, uh, I and maybe now, I, I'm just not uh, qualified to 
receive his exalted attentions. And mind you, I made two or three attempts to strike up conversation. The guy wouldn't look at me. The guy wouldn't respond to me. Uh, I was like, I wasn't there. Unbelievable. Anyway, so I'm on The View. (laughs) He goes on first, and he talks about his thing. You know what his thing is. And so I go on. And Barbara Walters begins the show by saying, So, John, uh, I understand you believe in spanking. And this quickly, I said, Well, really, I don't. And I have never seen the wind taken out of any television personality so quickly. I mean, she looked completely flummoxed, dismayed, confused, at a loss for words, started looking around, obviously wondering, where do I go next? Because these people, they're following scripts. I don't know if you knew that or not. And so I saved her and I said, "Uh, Barbara, the fact of the matter is that when you ask if I believe in spanking, it makes it sound like it's some ideology. It makes it sound like it's uh, some religious belief system, which I guess some people do, in fact, look at it that way. But I do not. I do not believe in spanking. It is not some parenting doctrine that I hold. But the research clearly indicates that children who are occasionally spanked by loving parents with their hands, you know, two or three whacks on the rear end, you know, not unloading, you know, 20, 30, chasing the child through the house with a belt kind of thing, that those children actually score higher on measures of well-being and emotional resiliency and so on and so forth. In other words, they have better mental health than children who are never spanked. The best research done by objective people like uh, my friend Robert Lars Allaire at the University of Oklahoma indicates that. And contrary to what the parenting Nazis at child protective service agencies all around the country would have you believe, spanking per se is not harmful. It appears when administered in moderate doses by loving parents who use their hand, it appears to be, in fact, enhancing of a child's mental health. And uh, these kids score higher on all sorts of measures, measures of social flexibility. They seem to do better in school. And there may be other factors contributing to that, but and I'm sure there are. But in fact, there is no objective evidence to support the idea that spanking per se is harmful. That idea is being pushed by people who pretend to be scientists who are in fact ideologues. So that's what I told Barbara Walters, and then the conversation veered off in some other direction. And uh, so let's talk in the remaining time about the word rod as used in scripture. I had a woman come up to me, this was maybe five years ago, and she said, now, John, in the Bible, it says, spare the rod, spoil the child. And I said, where does it say that? And she looked at me with this blank stare. And I said, actually, just like the words separation of church and state are not in the Constitution, the words 
spare the rod, spoil the child, are not in the Bible. That is, in fact, a corruption of a number of biblical verses that do, in fact, refer to the rod of discipline as, and those verses are referring to the rod in the context of commenting on the discipline of children. So in, for example, Proverbs 22.15, it says foolishness or folly in some translations is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod, uh, be very specific, the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make a bold claim, and that is that I, your host, John Roseman, am, was, the first person in America to draw attention to this. And uh, what I am about to tell you has been accepted as true by a growing number of pastors and reputable theologians. And what I am about to tell you is that the term the rod is qualitatively and quantitatively different in meaning than the term a rod as found in Scripture. A rod, when the word rod is preceded by the article a, it clearly refers to a tangible object, a rod. And and in Scripture, a rod is used as a measuring device, as as a staff for herding domestic animals like sheep, It is a symbol of royalty, but the rod, when the word rod is preceded by the article the, it is a metaphorical usage. If you look across scripture, which is how you are to interpret any word or phrase in scripture, you are to look at its usage across scripture. That is how you do proper scriptural exegesis, is the highfalutin term for it, you will find that in uh, that consistent with the rule, Scripture interprets Scripture, that every single time the word rod is preceded by the article the, and this is very specific in the original Hebrew, and this is all Old Testament stuff, folks, that it is clearly a metaphorical usage. For example, in one Scripture, Old Testament scripture, and I forget exactly where it is. I'm thinking Leviticus, uh, uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, it refers to, scripture refers to the rod of God's mouth. Now, this does not mean that a solid cylindrical, long solid cylindrical object protrudes from God's mouth. The rod is a reference to God's authority in our lives, his unequivocal, all-encompassing authority in our lives. So, when we see the two-word phrase, the rod, being used in the context of the discipline of children, it is being used to refer to parents employing a godly authority in their children's lives. So, when it says foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but 
the rod of discipline will drive it far from him, that does not mean you beat it out of him. You spank it out of him. It means that your authority will eventually drive the foolishness from his heart. And consistent with that, I tell people all the time, look, you are not only responsible for disciplining a child's behavior, you are, in fact, primarily responsible, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, for disciplining your child's thought processes, and then, according to Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, disciplining your child's emotional output. So anyway, the end of the show always comes up too fast, folks. Got a lot to say. Maybe I'll say it in a future show. Glad you could join us for another episode, exciting episode of Because I Said So, American Family Radio, every Saturday afternoon, 6 Eastern, 5 Central, and hope you join us next time and many times in the future. Have a good one.